And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Bird to your mother, it's time for another episode of Birds with Friends. Just a trio of feathery brethren, weather in any season to see the Eagles eating teams like Scrammy's Top with Cheese. It's Philadelphia, Bo Sheel and Zach kicking it cooler than three penguins till Zach runs off with his valet keys. He's a real nuanced goose. Pull up a branch, get loose. It's time for some juice on some Birds with Friends. Bird gets the worm, but prefers getting turned like a turn on some birds with friends. and Zach coming at you with steps and things, flapping their wings. Just on. Next, uh, they can be like bathing suits. What they, you know, what? <laughs> Finish it up. <laughs> Sometimes you gotta take them off. What the hell? What they show is is revealing, but what they conceal is vital, right? So. <laughs> Uh, Bo, we can't hear oh, you. you. Okay, oh, you're so on mute. Off to a, uh, you're on mute, Bo. You're on Bo, mute, you're Bo. on mute. Mute, Bo. Hello, everybody. Shield Kapati here with Zach Berman. Bo is on mute right Joe's now. Joe's on mute. He thinks that his mic is not working. No, no. It's okay. the mic. Yes. It's the mic. Can you hear now me? We can, now we can hear you great. Okay. Yes, well, this yes. is not going to last for very long, but hello, everybody, and welcome <laughs> to a very exciting edition of Birds with Friends after a monumental day one of the draft for the Philadelphia Eagles. We will talk about it all. We will talk about the selection of Jordan Davis, the mammoth Georgia defensive tackle who we have talked about throughout this draft process as like the main player linked to the Eagles. They did follow through and trade up two spots to select him, but the blockbuster that we did not see coming, A.J. Brown, the Titans superstar receiver, makes his way to the Eagles in exchange for a first-round pick and a third-round pick. We'll talk about it all. We've got Shiel to give some national perspective. We've got Zach to give the local perspective. And, Zach, I think it's easy to draw a direct line. The, the whole process that led to this big night for the Philadelphia Eagles began last June when Howie Roseman sat down for an interview with his former GM compatriot, uh, <laughs> what's his name, Thomas Dimitrov? And yeah. uh, and that's really how this all began. Yeah, it's okay. Yes, there's a podcast coming out tomorrow where Howie is being interviewed by Thomas Dimitrov. But the, the big story is what happened tonight for the Eagles. Uh, this this, this is uh, sorry. Were you continuing? I don't know. I, I didn't want you to okay. pitch no, it back no, to okay. Bo. Otherwise, it is. It's it's okay. yeah. It's twelve fifty five in the morning. We've got you know this is a this is a big show. We've got a lot of BWF yes. casuals in this episode, so we want we want to be on our best behavior. So I won't go too far into it. But but uh, a, a huge night. She'll go ahead. Well, well, this is a, a great night for Eagles fans, and we can get into the discussion and the analysis and the specifics of these moves. But I think something that I often uh, I often forget, and I sometimes I remind myself. You know, I always talk about how uh, you know you want to be entertained and have fun following the team that you follow. It's not about just winning a title. But then we go a whole off season. And I'm saying, listen, unless you have a quarterback, uh, all those things, nothing really matters. But man, from an entertainment 
fun perspective. I mean, I've talked about the armpit test. I thought Nick Sirianni in his post-game press conference was going to break out the armpit test. He said, get off the bus. We look better getting off the bus now with A.J. Brown and Jordan Davis. And, man, that is so true. I mean, A.J. Brown, this guy. I- yeah, but nobody's get, nobody's waiting to watch you get off the bus anymore. This isn't a high school game. <laughs> well, he should have gone with armpit test. He should. Yeah, said, I agree. He should have gone with the said, armpit when test. When we face the Giants and Wink Martindale, his pits are going to be a sweaty mess on that Tuesday night. Yes. Whether he's using Mitchum, whether he's using Dove for women, whether he's using Secret Solid, it doesn't matter. Those pits are going to be sweating because, I mean, I, I have to tell you, A.J. Brown is like one of the most fun players in the NFL to have on your team. I mean, this is a guy who with, like, if your offense has gone three and out, four times in a row, uh, you can throw a screen to him and he can just, you know, as as Marshawn Lynch would say, run through an MFer's face and reel off a 45-yard play and get the crowd going and get his teammates going. He's that kind of, you know, spark plug of a player. And so, you know, that just from a fun entertainment perspective is a huge win for Eagles fans. So that's kind of my, my, my big picture takeaway is, man, this team just got so much more fun to watch, not only in 2022, but really for the next three, four years with A.J. Brown. Well, yeah, that's my- why I'm so happy to have your national perspective because, you know, Zach and I are so insularly focused on the Philadelphia Eagles. I The last I remember of A.J. Brown was loving him out of the draft and disagreeing with you about that. So I'm glad to hear that things have gone well for him in the end. Did you love, what was your ranking? Did you love, you definitely liked him more than me. Oh, I loved him. Uh, yeah, he was my favorite guy, I think. But yeah, go ahead, Zach. I mean, I mean, well, that's true. You I also said Bo also said in the last pod that he, you know, Zach, we we're talking about how many picks you and I have really carried the BWF crew in the mock mm, drafts. That's fair. And, and Bo said I think uh, I'm I really had Devontae Smith yeah. too. Uh, you know, last year when I was giving you credit, I went back and looked. JC Horn. I had JC Horn. Uh, yeah, yeah, you did not have. I always over. I always Nothing overthink you, myself. Yeah, you all. Yeah, we know this. You have a, we've been over this. You have a very inflated view. You think you got. Everything well, I did right. draft Devontae Smith first in the Al, you know, draft is, is what yeah, I think I was we're referring to. About. So I did think he was the Zach most Zach and I will so, continue yeah. to carry our mocks in rounds in day two and three. Zach, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, so my takeaway <laughs> was this, and and uh, I, I just wrote this. We totally have analysis fair. coming out in a few hours on on The Athletic. But if if you told me Thursday morning they were going to come out of the night with, with Jordan Davis, I would have said that's a good outcome. If you told me they were to, that they would come out of the night with Jordan Davis and A.J. Brown and still preserve their second-round pick, I would say... And their first, third-round pick. Yeah, I, I would say that's probably too ambitious, um, but that's a great outcome. And so I, I, I think it's a great outcome. And I, I, I understand there's no sure thing on draft night, and there's a healthy, dose of, a healthy dose of skepticism that can be applied to Jordan Davis in the passing game, which we've discussed multiple times, or why the Titans would part with A.J. Brown or, you know, paying uh, uh, this player an average annual salary of, of $25 million a year. To me, the, you can quibble. They are a better football team short-term and long-term after the the moves they made today. Uh, there's still work for them to do, but I think this first day exceeded like my realistic standard for what would be a good day one for the Eagles. Well, and you know, to to Shields' point, like for all of the pluses and minuses about Howie Roseman, uh, in terms of like giving you entertainment over the course of like the offseason, 
he's 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 a pretty good uh, general manager on that front. Um, and I and you know what I should have I should have known this was going to be an explosive night because the second I walked into the media house at uh, at the Novacare complex tonight, I opened the door and who do I see walking down the stairs? But Peter King himself, Peter mm-hmm. King in the house, and you know he's not coming to the Novacare complex on draft night unless he knows something big is happening. Mm. So a shout out to Peter King who can sniff uh-huh. it out like uh, like anybody. So he's going to have the behind the scenes Monday morning quarterback. Gotta be. The, the plant, well, you know, the seeds were planted for this AJ Brown deal on February 24th when Howie Roseman and John Robinson ran into each other at the, uh, what's it called? Cafe breakers, Patichu. Yeah. Uh, mm. you know, oh, you're going all the way the, back there. Uh, mm. I don't know. I thought well, it, it, it is interesting you say that because I did ask Howie about that timeline because I'm, uh, I'm curious. Zach trying to steal some was... PK shine. No, 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 not at all. No, because, uh, the rumors of the AJ Brown potential trade really came about after some of those big contracts were handed out during free agency. And then the, the trade obviously for, for Tyree kill or Devonte Adams, uh, AJ Brown up for a new deal. Devo Samuel up for a new deal. And, and Bo and I discussed that on the pod a few weeks ago, or, or I guess it was last week. Uh, but I, I, I'm curious if, if this is something that had, had been in the works for a few weeks, if, if, if this came together pretty quickly. And what's interesting is how he said that, and this was to a, a different question, that uh, the trade was not contingent upon wide receivers going or who was on the board. It was contingent upon the contract. So once they were able to lock down the details of the contract, which he said was, was done happen. at about when about the num- pick number 15, 15 was on the clock. Yes. So they were working through that all uh, in real time tonight, which was which is interesting. Um, I just pick, like pick num- really pick number 15. That's when they finalized the contract. Yeah, yes. that's what he said. I, I have a hard time. believing. Well, that. I have a hard time believing that, too. And it's and it's a reminder that like what what is so great about the draft and also like the free agency is that it's the only time when like the team is telling the truth, like. Think think about the things they have told us this offseason. They have made fun of us for being obsessed with wide receivers. Like, oh, Philadelphia is so wide receiver crazy. What's up with that? Like, we're fine. The way that this offense is going to expand in the passing game next year is we're going to get more targets for Devontae Smith. We're going to get more targets for Dallas Goddard. We're going to get more targets for Quez Watkins. We are good at receiver. We like where we are. And they say, oh, you know, we don't. We, we don't really want to use a first-round pick on a guy who's blocked. We, we, we don't want to sign guys who are going to block players. And then what do they do? They sign, they, they uh, draft a defensive tackle who's going to start as like the third or fourth defensive tackle, their most stacked short-term position. And then all offseason, they tread trade for Calvin Ridley. They try to sign Christian Kirk. They try to sign Allen Robinson. They are involved in some other potential discussions, and then they end up trading for A.J. Brown. So... Uh, it's a good reminder that like don't don't think that they're ever telling the truth publicly and just follow what they're doing. And it's it's nice to get, uh, you know, the one or two times a year when we get to find out what they really think about the roster and about, you know, their team building philosophies. Yeah, I think we called them out for the nonsense about the targets or whatever. Yeah, of course. The, uh, but in, it's in still Florida, like, you know, so, yeah, don't yeah, don't spit know. in my face and tell me it's raining. Uh, A.J. Brown last three years, 17th in total receiving yards. Uh, the efficiency stats are even better. Fourth in yards per route run, fourth 
in yak per reception. Uh, I think this is different than the Tyreek Hill and Devontae Adams trades. You know, Devontae Adams, I think, is 29 years old. Uh, Tyreek. It's, it's crazy. Tyreek Hill is older and obviously has off-field stuff that you have to be worried about with him. I mean, A.J. Brown, I'm really confused. Now, this is one where we should say, all right, the team trading him maybe knows more than you do. I am thoroughly confused about why the Titans would not just sign A.J. Brown to this deal. I mean, this is a guy you drafted. He's a core player for you. He has performed. This is not an unreasonable contract from the team perspective. Four years, uh, $100 million. 57 million guaranteed. This is below guaranteed money of Tyreek Hill, Stephon Diggs, and Devontae Adams. And again, AJ Brown, you're getting him his age 25, 26, 27, 28 uh, year old season. Like from a team perspective, those wide receiver salaries are not coming down for the elite, for the number one guys, which AJ Brown. 100% is. So uh, I don't know why the Titans didn't do that deal. You know, Mike Vrabel uh, a few weeks ago said A.J. Brown isn't going anywhere as long as I'm the head coach here. I saw a clip circulating. I don't know if it was legit or not, but, you know, someone had said uh, when Mike Vrabel, Vrabel found out about the deal and he kind of gets up and right. puts his hand over his mouth and, it, you know, doesn't seem too happy about it. So I can't imagine a coach being like, oh, sweet, we just traded uh, A.J. Brown uh, away, you know, a young core player. So uh, to me, it, it is just a really exciting move for the Eagles. I thought a couple things about this when I well, saw I was just going to let me let me just quickly say I did. I asked Howie Roseman this question. Uh, you know, how do you rectify a player so good, so young, uh, you know, a, a, a franchise that is not like a poorly run franchise? How do you rectify them being well, willing to trade? him? Well, I know. Well, I didn't I didn't say that part either. Okay. But how do, like how do you deal with that in the process like what is your understanding of why they would let him go and i didn't you know his answer was not great he said he acknowledged that like that it was a big thing for us trying to figure that out what he said is that uh you know the the titans were honest with us you know we've got all this cap we've got all this uh capital that they sort of want to get involved in and you know when you are when you pay when you're paying a quarterback uh, a veteran quarterback you have less uh, you know, cap room to maneuver. And that's part of the problem uh, from with them from a cap perspective, while we have a rookie quarterback, so we have a little bit more room to maneuver. I don't think that that's a good enough no, answer. I'm sure that they have better answers than that internally. But uh, that is like, that is the, the huge question here. Because, you know, as you say, he's younger than those other guys. Uh, and the price paid is is not so bad. Yeah, I mean, they have one more year of Ryan Tannehill, and then they can get out of that deal. They just paid Harold Landry $17.5 million per year. Last offseason, they paid Bud Dupree $15 million a year. I mean, you knew how good A.J. Brown was at, was at that time. I, I would disagree that, you know, I do think they're kind of a poorly run under the radar uh, franchise who, who have made a bunch of bad decisions over the last few years but you know maybe if there is something we'll find out but we don't have to worry about it uh right now you know i think my bottom lines with the and you guys could tell me what you think about this with the brown move i mean one is i did think as soon as they they got him that like all right you're get you're getting some people who opposing teams have to worry about sure. when you have aj brown uh number two you know i remember it wasn't long ago probably this time last year we were saying this team just lacks young talent across the board. And you look at what's happened since then. Jordan Mailata has developed into a, you know, above average starting left tackle. You had uh, Josh Sweat develop into a player that you wanted to pay. You uh, now Hassan Reddick's a little bit older, but still a younger player uh, there that you signed. And now AJ Brown at 25 years old. So, and Devonte Smith emerges, you know, you didn't 
right. we thought we knew what they had with him, but you didn't know for sure. Uh, so that also uh, stuck out to me. And then the other thing, you know, I, I'm thinking is that the Eagles wanted to make this a more attractive destination to whichever quarterbacks 100%. might become available. And like, just with the snap of the fingers, uh, I think this really does do that. I mean, we can, if you rewound to a couple months ago and they had AJ Brown on the roster, this might be looking like a completely different offseason. I mean, AJ Brown, Devonte Smith, Dallas Goddard, a good offensive line. Like now there are a lot of pieces in place. And specifically, if you, you know, if you hit on some picks here in the rest of this draft and you're looking ahead, I, I, don't, I know people don't want me to look ahead to next off season already. It's, it's going to be a more fun season, like we said, but you have that plan where, you know, you're going to get a great evaluation on Jalen Hurts. He's got pieces around him. There really are no excuses for him not to make the leap. You'll get a, a great evaluation on him. And if he's not the guy, uh, come next off season, like you guys mentioned, you still have the two first round picks in 2023. You still have pieces to maneuver there uh, where I do think this becomes kind of a different destination than it was uh, 24 hours ago. That well, was my first point, reaction. Go ahead, Zach. I, I was, I was going to say to your point, uh, Howie Roseman told this anecdote, uh, Nick Sirianni, of when they sat down and watched the film and Nick Sirianni sees like a, a player too. And he says, yeah, I'm good. And it was it was it was meant to be a joke there, but but the reality is this is different. This is different than drafting Garrett Wilson or Chris Olave or Jamison Williams or Traylon Burks or Jahan Dotson, right? Like there's for any of those players, as promising as they might be, there's projection. And 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 Bo ran the numbers. You all saw that a few weeks ago in in, in terms of uh, where. The, the the Pro Bowl receivers are coming from. And it's as, as as promising as these receivers are, we saw it with with some of the picks in in recent years. There's there's just too many variables at play. When you acquire AJ Brown, who was a Pro Bowler in, in 2020, who's 24 years old, turning 25, has been productive three years. Like Sirianni said it tonight. You you don't have to wait to see it. You've already seen it. And I think that's really the fundamental difference here is they're, they're paying a premium, right? They, they had to give them the contract. That's different than getting a rookie. Uh, but if, if they use the 18th pick on Traylon Burks, or if, 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 if they drafted a different receiver, this offense just has, has much more unknown than it's going to have when you put A.J. Brown in the lineup. Yeah, and and to uh, both of your points and to what Shil said before, my first reaction um, was the same thing that like the timing of this is perfect for them because it allows them to have a full year of evaluating Jalen Hurts with a real legitimate complement of weapons uh, to pass the ball to to see if he makes this leap in year two to year three, and then if that doesn't happen, come next offseason, like they are going to look like a very attractive team to potential veteran quarterbacks. I mean, you look at like, you know, things, things flip so quickly, like Lamar Jackson is like tweeting about how uh, upset he is about what the, the Ravens did tonight. Like who's to say that he doesn't want to, uh, you know, force a trade next offseason. These things uh, happen very quickly. And so I think that's, I think that is exactly what they're doing. They're, they're uh, able to evaluate Hertz better, but also setting things up for next offseason for, for, a uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm going to push back a little bit there. I, I hear what you're saying about next offseason. I, I think though, like let's let's not fast forward these next eight months. They 
they're they're a much stronger team. Like they are, they were a team that I I know they 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 narrowly made the playoffs this past year, but I think they're going to be a better football team. That like they improved their pass rush and they've improved their passing game. And, and I think those that's are things we've that is absolutely true. But what they have when they have gotten trouble in gotten in trouble in the past is when they have been too short sighted and taking sure. it sort of season by season and not you know you can you can do two things at once you can sure. get better in the short term and also set things up better for the future yeah. you know AJ Brown is going to be twenty five years old in June I think they have I think they have done that here their over under is eight and a half wins for. 2022. I don't know if that's changed or if that has or, or what it was before. I don't think it was too far off uh, from that, but that's what it is right now. I think the big I, question here is what do you, what does this mean for Jalen Rager? <laughs> I think uh, we got to take a break. Not very good. Yeah. No, no, but but just my quick thing there, and I yeah. I I I didn't mean to be. <laughs> well, like let's finish. Uh, let's finish the AJ Brown yeah. discussion, then we'll take a break and talk I, to Jordan Davis. <laughs> I I didn't mean to be disagreeable, but I I just go back to what Shield said at the top here. Like this team in my opinion, is is just much more interesting and probably more fun to watch. And I, I, I do think we'll be doing I, – I understand our our kind of duty in terms of the big picture, but I, I do think we're, we'll be a disservice. We're doing a disservice if if we exhaust, like, what could be in 2023 when 2022 is very intriguing, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah and, but, and, but, but and I, also, I like, do... this night is very fun. So, sure. go ahead, I do think it is a part, certainly, though, of their uh, calculus when they look at it and whatever they think, you know, we've said what we thought about their interest in the Russell Wilsons and Deshaun Watsons. I mean, that doesn't change here that they were kind of telling us uh, without telling us what they thought of their current quarterback uh, situation. So I, I, you know, I think they certainly uh, would take that into account as well. We should mention that uh, Jalen Hurts and AJ Brown like have been working out together. They're uh, they're friendly, so that's Close friends. A yeah. little uh, a little bit of a Jalen Hurts there was at well. AJ Brown's uh, draft party a, a few years ago, I, I believe. He was at wow. his, he was at AJ Brown's daughter's birthday party this past weekend. Um, I I believe uh, Jalen Hurts hosted AJ Brown on a visit to Alabama, or or maybe it was the other way with Brown. But uh, yeah, they they're Friendship has been well documented, and uh, Jalen Hurts um, tweeted out the FaceTime call that he had with AJ Brown tonight. And Shield, the the terms of the deal itself, how do they how does it stack up with uh, like minded or you know similarly calibered? I think I think I think, it, I think it's uh, less than what the Raiders gave up and what the Chiefs gave up, but I would have to go and look that up to confirm. Okay. All right, let's take a little break and come back and talk about uh, the big fella inside a big, strong, powerful man. Victorinox, the makers of the original Swiss Army Knife, have been a reliable companion for life's everyday challenges, mastering functionality, innovation, iconic design, and uncompromising quality with its products. The Victorinox Swiss Army Knife provides you with all the things you don't think about until you need it. Tweezers, a screwdriver, and even a corkscrew. With the Victorinox Swiss Army Knife, you can be prepared to master everyday life. You can find Victorinox Swiss Army Knives at Dick's Sporting Goods. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. 
You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Uh, back on Birds with Friends. Sheil, I'm sorry. I'll keep uh, your name uh, my, out of my mouth uh, moving forward. And- Tyreek Hill got a first, a second, two fourths, and a sixth. But the first was a was 29 the second was 50 overall oh i meant the contract how did the contract stack up oh yeah i thought i already said oh you did say that okay yeah uh i mean it's in the same ballpark you know tyreek hill got 25 a year uh a three-year extension so this is also 25 a year but the guaranteed money uh is less than tyreek hill Devontae adams and stefan diggs and i think two other wide receivers who signed deals like uh last offseason show real quick question for you same Offers on the table for Debo Samuel. Which one would you rather have, A.J. Brown or Debo Samuel? Well, I mean, you know, Bo has told us Debo Samuel is nothing without uh, Kyle Shit. No, I think, sheesh, that is uh, that is very close. I feel like that would take me, a, I would need like a couple hours to actually uh, do the reason. I, I, I would almost think it's a toss-up. I feel like it's. I, I feel like my head is leading AJ Brown, but that could just be uh, recency bias. I think they're both uh, similar physical players who can just change the game uh, at any point. Now AJ Brown has missed a few games. He Six has games, had some, games. yeah, some some yeah. slight nagging injuries. So that that's a part of the uh, the calculus here too. But yeah, my my instinct is I would prefer prefer AJ Brown. Um, all right, let's let's talk through uh, how the draft played out. Uh, because before they made the A.J. Brown deal, uh, lots of other things happened. And so, you know, we we had our expectations that the Eagles were thinking of moving up, whether that was going to be a big move up or a short move up. And the way that the beginning of the draft played out was uh, not what they might have hoped for if they were trying to trade up. And that was because uh, Derek Stingley goes off the board at three, Ahmad Gardner goes off the board at four, and Kayvon Thibodeau goes off the board at five. So those three potential big move up targets are all gone. And then uh, it gets to about uh, number 10. And there are like five guys left and five picks before they can go. And you figure that uh, if they stay, that they just need one person from outside those five to be able to come off the board in order for them to to sit and pick. And it goes Garrett Wilson and then the uh, Saints trade up for Chris Olave, who would would not have been a part of those five. I'm sorry for making you yawn, Sheila. It is 120 in the morning. Uh, and then Jamison Williams goes, and then uh, the Eagles move up for Jordan Davis. Now, uh, every expectation that uh, they would have thought that the Ravens wanted Jordan Damn, Davis. Zach just left. Zach just ass. leaves. Um, <laughs> and they take Kyle Hamilton. So, I, I mean, I think this is, we talked about, Shield that, that you know, Jordan Davis is probably a guy that Howie Roseman would like. We know he wants to build through the trenches. Uh, I actually thought that Jordan Davis might go sooner, and so that's why he, they wouldn't pick him. But... Uh, how do you feel about Davis over Kyle Hamilton if those were the two guys at the top of the of, of the draft board? Well, I was looking at our uh, pre-draft rankings here, and so okay. I don't, you know, we we can't be hypocrites. We've yeah. got to look at what we had then, and whether our opinions changed or whether we're recency bias or what. But I mean, we did this exercise April nineteenth, and we ranked our guys. I had Kyle Hamilton among the the day one group number two overall. Zach had him number one overall, and you had him number three overall. Now, you were the most interesting one because you had Jordan Davis uh, number four. So you had it almost as a toss-up 
between those two guys. So if you want to yep. go ahead and say, uh, yeah, Davis over Kyle Hamilton is a home run, no doubt about it. You can, you know, you can do that because you had him right there. I, I mean, I had a pretty big distinction here. I had, uh, like I said, I had Hamilton too, and I had Davis number seven in the group, and Zach had one for Hamilton and six for Davis. So. I'm just going to stick with that. You know, I don't want to be a victim of uh, talking myself into it. I guess I will just stick with what I thought before and say that uh, I had Kyle Hamilton ranked higher. I mean, this will be a clip that you are welcome to play if Kyle Hamilton's out of the league in three years and Jordan Davis is like uh, Aaron Donald, a combination of who? Aaron Donald and Michael Brockers or something, Don Terry Poe, Vince Wilfork. I don't know. But uh, I don't know. That's how I saw it. I mean, I'm a little bit torn. On the uh, on the Davis pick, I, again, I still think in terms of the fun factor, it's right up there because this is a big, strong, powerful man now, Jordan, Jordan Davis. Uh, and so I think he's got a good personality. He's going to be fun to watch. But, Bo, you did the work. I mean, the, you know, the likelihood that he emerges as a really impactful pass rusher uh, is, I, I don't know, do you have a percentage on it? It's unlikely. It's very it's under unlikely. 50%. It's uh, very yeah. unlikely. Yeah. Okay. Under 25%. Yeah, I would say so. Okay. Under 25%. And so uh, I don't want to be, you know, hypocritical if I'm going to implement my two minute rule, which I've used all off season and say, all these games are just, you know, 45% of games are decided by seven points or fewer. And if it's the final two minutes uh, against the Dallas Cowboys for the division and they're driving and Jordan Davis is not getting after the quarterback, then it's not going to be a great pick. Now, you watch him and you, you just convince yourself, I can see it. The traits are there. He can develop into a pass rusher. But uh, the history there that Bo mentioned is good. And also, uh, you know, it is meaningful looking at what the Georgia coaches did with him and the fact that he only played 25 snaps per game. So uh, I don't have an issue with the pick. I'm not, I don't mean to come across it and, and sound like I'm slamming it. But, Zach, I was just going through our rankings sure. And yeah. saying, you know, we both had Kyle Hamilton significantly ahead yep. of uh, of Jordan Davis. And so I think his upside is huge. But I think the question marks continue to be fair. Yeah, no, I, I think that's reasonable. And I, I had Hamilton as my number one player in that exercise. Um, and, you know, if I was uh, looking at it, uh, I thought Kyle Hamilton might have been the best player in this draft. And he was on the board there. Now, if I kind of remove my... Uh, I guess my preferences and and and, and view it from the Eagles' perspective, they're always going to value a defensive lineman over a safety, right? That's 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 an organizational approach. Uh, so I I get that, and this is a long term need, right? We've talked about Fletcher Cox being on a one year deal on uh, with uh, Javon Hargrave, all having he's entering the final year of his contract. Uh, and Jordan Davis can have a day one role for you and he can grow into a bigger role. There is projection. And I've, I've, I've written this and I've said this, if he had pass rushing, um, if, if he's proven himself as a pass rusher, he would have been the number one pick in the draft because at, at six, six, three forty, three fifty, to run and jump and have, you know, the spider chart that he has, uh, if he showed that he could, he could get to the quarterback, he'd be like a once in a generation prospect. So there is projection there, but I I think there are tools to develop. Um, it, I I think very highly of Kyle Hamilton. I trust the Ravens front office. Uh, I I think Kyle Hamilton's gonna be a really good player there. But I have no issue with them taking Jordan Davis. Like I I don't think this is taking 
Jalen Rager over Justin Jefferson. No offense, Shield. I mean, I, 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 I this is them taking a player that I, I mean, thought. Look, look at you going out of your way to take a shot. It's good. I mean, this is why Marissa, I like a one twenty five. Can you, Marissa? Can you play the Super Bowl clip of me? You know, <laughs> the Brandon Graham one uh, for me. Uh, yeah, I, I think the Ravens thing is uh, now you'll make fun of me for being a you know a, a Ravens crony or whatever but i do think that is meaningful that it's not like kyle hamilton lasted until 26 or 27 and you know no right. team likes this guy i mean they took him a pick after uh the eagles took jordan davis so say you know, say houston took uh kenyon green at at the pick that uh the eagles traded for would baltimore have, have taken jordan davis or kyle hamilton it's a good question i mean i'm I assuming was, i'm more assuming jordan davis well, I, I'm more I, curious to know if the Eagles would have then taken Kyle Hamilton because I don't know that they would have. I don't know either because of the positional value. You're right. Yeah. But uh, but Wait, you don't know that they would have when if the Ravens took Jordan Davis. Yeah. If the Ravens took Jordan Davis at 14 and the Eagles were on the clock yeah. at 15, would they have taken Kyle Hamilton? I'm not so sure. Yeah. My assumption is is that the reason why Howie felt he needed to leapfrog Jordan Davis is because he had good information that, that Baltimore was going to take Jordan Davis. And just uh, just for the record, what the Eagles gave up uh, to move up those two spots, they gave up uh, a fourth-round pick, number 124 overall, and uh, two of their three fifth-round picks, 162 and 166. That leaves them right now with just four picks for the rest of the draft. Their second-rounder, their third-rounder, uh, their fifth-rounder, and their seventh-rounder. My expectation is they will try to pick up some draft volume uh, tomorrow or uh, on day three. Uh, to your point on on Jordan Davis, you know we had this long discussion, uh, and maybe we should link out to that that episode that had that long Jordan Davis discussion. But just to to hit some of the uh, the highlights there to what you referred to, Sheil, uh, all of the all of the All Pro and Pro Bowl defensive tackles over the past ten seasons, um, Jordan Davis's most sacks in a season in college, two. He had seven total sacks, played uh, four seasons, and never had more than two sacks in a year. The only guys who went on to Pro Bowl or All-Pro careers in the NFL who had fewer than four sacks in a season as their best season, you go uh, Damon Harrison, who was undrafted and played in a uh, like NAIA league. So that's a different situation. You have Chris Jones, who had three, but he was an underclassman, left after three years. You have Kyle Williams, who was a fifth-round pick from the Bills. You have Haloti Nada, who was uh, also an underclassman and had three sacks. You have Grady Jarrett, who was a fifth-round pick, and you have Dontari Poe, who was an underclassman, had two sacks, and didn't really turn into a pass rusher in the NFL either. So uh, it is it is uh, an unlikely event that that Jordan Davis is going to turn into some stud pass rusher. But I think the Eagles, in using this pick, have to know that like they're fine with him n not being a dominant pass rusher and just sort of changing the face of what they can do on defense. And I think a big part of this is uh, as much as we hem and haw about like overfitting to the defense for a guy who might be a head coach next off season, that uh, they want to play more odd fronts. They want to be able to be a little bit more uh, multiple up front, which they tried to do at the beginning of last season and couldn't really follow through on. And I think Jordan Davis will theoretically in their minds, at least allow them to do that. He's got to be pretty dominant uh, doing that if that's going to be the case. Right. I mean, so it really depends how much stock you put into the idea that he was playing a specific role in that Georgia defense and he was he was doing what he was coached to do and that the reason why they were the best defense 
in college football and the, and the best team in college football was because he was playing for the other 10 guys on the field, right? And that if you put him in a different scheme, he's it's 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 a different player. The the comp that I've I've heard frequently has has been Albert Hainsworth when Hainsworth was in Tennessee, right? And I think Daniel Jeremiah talked about it tonight. The Albert Hainsworth who who got himself a hundred million dollar contract in Washington. If you go farther back, you're gonna you rehire Jim Washburn. <laughs> yeah, true. Uh, you can see. Uh, you can see John Henderson when he was with the Jags, comparable player. Now John Henderson had a prolific, you know, pass rush production when he was at Tennessee, but uh, that type of size. Even if you look at, at at Georgia, I mean Richard Seymour when you know he's going into the Hall of Fame this year, never was a double digit sack player in the NFL. But I was listening uh, two Saturdays ago to uh, uh, Ross Tucker on the Glenn Macnow show. Um, you know, it's like tell me your story. And he was saying that that Richard Seymour was like the best player that he ever faced. So what? How do you have time? I mean, you could have mentioned. I I, I didn't know what was going to come out of your mouth. I was listening two yeah. Saturdays ago. I'm like, all right, what the hell is this? No, so, be some random. Can we? Are we allowed to tell the story of your listening experience today? There's no story to tell. There's definitely no story to tell. It's just uh, really. Yeah, there's no story to tell. That's uh, interesting. Well, I think they realize we're live. Right? Well, that's why that's why I'm asking <laughs> no permission. I'm asking permission, yeah. but I nah, uh, I think okay. there is a story to tell. But that's okay. That's okay. Maybe a different time. Let's 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 focus on Jordan Davis here. Uh, my my point is 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 that and when I asked around about this leading up to the draft, I kept hearing like this he was playing a role in the Georgia defense. So there is projection there, right? But similar to, you know, I mean, I hate to make this comparison, but, you know, when, when Calvin Johnson played at Georgia Tech, right, they, they played a certain way, right? Um, and and you're curious if uh, – Johnson catching the strike. Yeah. <laughs> Was it him? If, I don't even know. It's Re- right. Reggie Ball, as I think, is actually catching the strike. <laughs> uh, so so you, you put someone in a, in a different scheme – it might look different. Yeah, but that flows both ways. I mean, he was playing on a defense with five guys who were also drafted in the first round tonight, or four other guys, and it's not like opposing offenses could key in on just him. Whereas, like none of Travis, them sacks. Like, whereas like Travis Jones is playing on the worst team in college football, as you said. Don't get him started. And don't get and 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 he's got like five and a half sacks, where like he's the only one people care about. I mean, the 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 number one pick in the draft tonight, like, like he he didn't get sacks. Yeah, um, but but he's got long arms, and he was drafted by a dumb GM. I mean, the, the, the I think there were four players from Georgia's defense drafted tonight. I think five, and, including Jordan Davis. Five, okay, right? Oh, oh yeah, Lewis yes. and yeah, and and none of them were like in the top three or four in sacks at Georgia last year. What does Zach have to do if Travis Jones <laughs> has more sacks than uh, Jordan Davis next year? We got to come up with something. Yeah. There. Well, no, no. You have to you have to walk to stores, Connecticut, <laughs> <laughs> and attend a football and be like their honorary captain. You have to do a Jim Moore. You have to do a Jim Mora story. Sure, I I've attended a uh, a UConn football game before. Mm. What do you mean you have to? Oh yes, to do a Jim. I thought there was He's something the like Jim. Oh. Moore uh, Jim Moore is the head coach there. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, we did okay. good piece on him a few weeks ago in the Athletic. I got a, a, a Q and A. Yeah. Break time. Do we have another break? We do have another break. So let's take a little break and come back and clean up some uh, BWF uh, lore and uh, any other final thoughts. 
And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. All right, back on Burns with Friends. Uh, We were thinking that hopefully the year of Zach was just the year of Zach, but there's a chance that we could be entering like the millennium of Zach. The man is on an unbelievable heater and let's go quickly to the swooper sorecasting results it's already over it's done and dusted shield goes 0 for 3 uh does not hit at least three quarterbacks are drafted in the first round an nfc south team drafts a quarterback in the first round or the packers and or chiefs trade up in the first round and draft a wide receiver yeah with their chiefs, new pick. good job trading up for trent mcduffie <laughs> your the boy hell are yeah. you doing? all of our boys and and how about the packers still no receiver i mean an unbelievable job by them to continue trolling uh, their franchise quarterback. Now, you know, I will say uh, we did uh, we ran into uh, Greg Rosenthal at the combine and his piece of advice as an occasional listener was we never explain what swooper sorecasting is on the postgame uh, pod. So let's say for the newcomers, the BWF casuals, that uh, this is a game ahead of time that we bid on outcomes and hope that they come true. So Shield goes 0 for 3. Uh, I went 1 for 4. I did not get an offensive skill player, does not get drafted in the top 10, how he trades into the top 10, or how he opens his Saturday press conference with a reference to Sixers-Raptors Game 7, but that's because I also hit uh, the Sixers are winning or have won when the Eagles make their first Yeah, pick. that was dumb. Well, I didn't have a choice in the last one. That Zach just gave it to me. I didn't have a choice. Uh, and Zach... Unbelievable. He does not yet hit uh, somebody jumps into the water at the Bellagio during the draft, but Marissa could still come through for him on that. He does not get three or more receivers are drafted before Drake London, but he does hit Dougie P right away uh, at the start of the broadcast, wearing uh, a sport coat or suit jacket when they show him on TV. I Zach- should have kept going there. If I, you know, I wanted that one. I felt good about it, but you know, I turned into Zach saying, I'm, you know, I'm going to reach my point and then stop it. 
And I should have known Zach has connections at mm. uh, at all the networks. I mean, really, could they have planned it any better? It was like literally the was first scene they showed like, on the broadcast was a close-up of Doug Peterson wearing a suit jacket. He Cheater. also gets the Eagles draft a player who was the first player drafted at his position, Jordan Davis. And uh, he still has either broadcast shows how he high-fiving at least three people in the draft room over the course of the draft. But yeah, that would just be running up to score at this point. Uh, Turkeys to the Kingdom, you can check out Dennis's, uh, Denise's uh, uh, Twitter feed for that one. There's a little, there's a lot more hooch on the board. Zach is ahead in Duck Duck Juiced, and he's got much better uh, final stuff than we do. He's going to kill us in Duck Duck Juice, as you can see on YouTube. He hit defensive tackle. He's still got safety running back. What are you talking about? We still tackle. got so much, so many. Yeah. We got still the whole draft left. Yeah, here. you could hit you could hit linebacker in the second round. I think that's possible, but I think Zach's going to win. Receiver not I should yeah. get why don't you. We said trade also. No, we didn't. I think that's picks only. Uh, rewind yeah. the tape. And then uh, the LA, you know, draft Zach used the first overall pick on Jordan Davis. So he's in good shape there. Although uh, I think there's a good Jeez. chance one of our second Guys rounders. Fire. I didn't realize uh, that he used the through. first pick. I gave him the first pick and he used it on Jordan Davis. Yeah. I, I, oh, I, I had now I will, picked him in the mock. Now Why this is what I, this is what I, he did. He did. Did you read all my? Did, yeah. did you read oh, no, I was thinking Olave. Okay, okay. So you had Davis. Yeah, you had Davis, yeah, Davis first. Yeah. Oh, so we are. We already got another yeah. one. You're on fire. Holy yeah. cow! This, guy. this is two years in a row where the first overall pick of the Alino draft has been the Eagles' first pick. Yeah. Wait. So last year you had Devonte Smith and uh, I had Devonte Smith. Oh no, well, sorry. You I had him nothing. in the draft. You're I had him in the draft. Down. I had him in the draft. Listen, I had him in the draft. I had him in the draft. Shut up. There's people listening to this at 630 Friday morning going to work after staying up all night. And now they're going, why is this idiot yelling at us? So you're dragging our ass down. If it were just Zach and I doing the mocks the last two years, I mean, we're mm. hitting an unbelievable rate. Wait, hold your weight, Wolf. Who you got coming day two and day three? You got to hit somebody this year. I'm just waiting for the the roster cut down. Okay, that's my bread and butter. So Zach has row, got the first four. round, first round pick two years in a row. Yes. Correct. Yes, correct. And I was trying to be I got uh, Rager. So between the three of us, we've gotten the first round pick. Correct, three years in a row. That's pretty good. Correct. That is pretty I good. think. Yeah, no one's impressed. Yeah, I mean, right. so with with Jordan Davis, though, the reason why we've been talking about him for these past few weeks is is because, like, like there was legitimate smoke there. This this wasn't a surprise pick, right? That this was oh, now he's just flexing on you. Mm. No, 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 no. I, my, honestly, my uh, I am I do sort of kick myself for not doing him in the mock, but I really thought that he was going to be. I thought that he was going to be pushed up the board, and someone was going to take him as a surprise top ten pick because of the testing. That was that was my misread. Yeah, like like there's a difference between forecasting and evaluating, right? And, and so what uh, what we what we do in our mock drafts is forecast. What we do in our rankings is evaluate, right? I mean, and now he's just going full Daniel Jeremiah. On G. All right, now we need, you know, we were pumping him up. Now we got to no. knock him down. Well, this is, he's, you know what is, the problem is he's still salty that I, that we were gassing up PK. He wants to know that I'm still the, I'm still the head man in charge here. I'm the, I'm the, I'm the yeah, national. No, he you wants know everyone to read I'm the Pennsylvania story. sports writer yeah. of the year. Thank you very much. I think that's right. No, but, but, but you know what's interesting? And I, I told Peter this tonight. 
by sheer this guy just lift the arm up and take a for the audience. No, so I'll hide it anymore. Give him a double. Petey Pop talking to him earlier. I told Peter this today. You know, I was going through. I was. I was going. I was going through books the other day. Okay, and I read. I read a few like pieces, a few chapters in this book, and I told for the audio listeners, you are holding up that you just grabbed from behind you. Peter King's Monday Morning Quarterback book. Yes, exactly. And uh, I read a few passages in it. Like, uh, you know, toward the end, he has like, like excerpts of times he was with different players throughout. Uh, you know, he, this was written when I was covering UVA, so that was two thousand and eight, thousand nine, thereabouts. Um, but, uh, but my my point, I I told him, I'm like, it's it's such a coincidence you're here tonight because I was literally reading your book. And and what was his reaction to that? I think a little spooked out, like a little freaked out, like, like, like why you're reading my, my composition of columns from 12 years ago. And I had to. to and why were you? <laughs> yeah, I think it's a good question, Peter. Um, I was, I was trying to look up a specific anecdote that I thought was in the book, but actually I got really into a thing with about Frank Reich in there that, that was in there. But, but, but my, but my, was it about is, his anti uh, or his like pro abstinence uh, campaign from the early nineties? <laughs> no, it was not about that. That's it, a thing. <laughs> That's a thing. He was doing these. Right. He was doing these commercials for teen abstinence. Please, let's just end this. <laughs> That's not what Peter wrote about. <laughs> it's true. So no, but. <laughs> But my point is, is that you would have I, actually asked me to think about that. I had to. I, I mean, there was there was like an awkward pause when I was it like, because I thought that if I went to like the next paragraph or the next sentence, like, yeah, I was looking up such and such, you would think that, like get a restraining order against this guy. So, uh, so yeah. But anyways. That's fine. I know that I'm known for coming from behind, but all right, I'm, I'm going to reset this. So the Eagles have the Eagles have four picks uh, in these. It, they have four picks remaining. Our guess is that our guess is they make some changes here, uh, some trade backs. They have veterans like uh, like Andre Dillard. And Jalen Rager, who they could potentially trade, but the way they can get the most capital would be trading back from that second round pick. So they're on the board at 51. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if uh, if you look at like the, the model that Carolina did last year, where Carolina like kept trading back and just 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 kept adding more picks. Uh, I think that's something that that they could do because it would really surprise me. If they only if 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 they had you know five picks total in this draft, Malik Willis is, is there at fifty one. Do you take him, mm. or like or Matt Corral or Sam Howell? I don't know that. I, I don't think have it's crazy. In those other guys. Okay, well that's you. Um, I, I I'm I'm curious to see what they do tomorrow. Obviously, um, like I feel like at fifty one they can get a really good player still. And uh, your boy Brisker. 
Brisker, I think, is on the board. So let, let, let's let's quickly talk through, uh, you know, what we expect them to do. My guess, I mean, I would be shocked if it is not a defensive player in the back seven, if it's not a linebacker, a corner, or a safety, and there are going to be. Oh, be actually, shocked. that's not true. That's not true because there's there's edge rushers. There's edge rushers there. I would be shocked if it's not a defensive player, um, given that they just traded for AJ Brown. But there's like there's going to be plenty of guys available. Just looking at the guys in the draft, the Alley and O draft that we did, you've got Brisker, as you said, Andrew Booth, who I think they would like. Christian Harris, who I think they would like, Perion Winfrey, my boy, uh, your boy, Arnold Ebiketti, Travis, well, not, they're not going to draft Travis Jones now, but uh, uh, some other Why? safeties. You could trade, you could David still Ojabo. trade Jordan Davis if Travis Jones is there. <laughs> no, <laughs> but here, true. let me ask you like an honest uh, question. What do you think Fletcher Cox's reaction is? Uh, it's still like, this has been such a good, can even it, it, I know, now. it's been such a good offseason for them. Everything makes sense. All the pieces make sense. Like everything has been prudent, but also aggressive to the right degree except for the Fletcher Cox thing. And it didn't make sense then, and it makes even less sense now. Obviously, they didn't know that Jordan Davis was going to be there for them, but still, out of place. If it, No, that's that's a valid point. And and to Shield's point, it's going to be fascinating to see. Like, I can't see Fletcher Cox raising his hand to come off the field, right? But uh, clearly, Jordan Davis is going to play early downs. What I was going to ask you guys... I'll give you my... Was, last year, I, predi- I you know uh, did the correctly predicting that Fletcher Cox was going to passive-aggressively blame the... Uh, the defensive scheme for his lack of um, production guaranteed what's going to, there's going to be a a point this year where someone asks him about like, uh, like mentoring Jordan Davis, bringing him along. And he's, he's going to be like, that's not my job. Yeah. No, I don't think so. You think so? Oh yeah. I disagree. Oh, I don't think so. I don't think he's going to say that's not my job. I just think he's going to be like, yeah, you know. Like, like, he's a good player. He doesn't need my, like. I uh, I, I lead by example kind of thing. Like, he can just watch me. Right. He's going to downplay that he's, like, passing the torch or bringing him along. Yeah. Um, But so so say they're on the board at at, at 51, and there's legitimate safety cornerbacks there who, who could step in and start for you. But you have a compelling offer to trade back, uh, let's say, 15 spots. And add a, and add picks that you want or a pick that you want. What do you do? Do you take the player or do you go based on Shields draft rules and add the volume that that you don't have right now? Well, I mean, it, yeah, it depends. It's so case by case. It depends is. entirely. Let's say Brisker. Let's say let's say Brisker's on the board and uh, pick a okay, corner. Okay, but do they have like fifteen guys right. in the? Tier um, with Brisker or not? I mean, is it Brisker and Petrie and uh, and Christian Harris and uh, you're you're like, moving back 15 spots, so there's not 15 okay. starting D backs, right? There. So, yeah, I mean, I like day two uh, as we talked about before, so I would probably be inclined to move back. And uh, I mean, I don't really care that much about getting like you know sixth and seventh round picks or even fifth round picks, but if right. you're saying like maximize the uh, shots you get on day two. Uh, I would say that would be a good idea. Yeah, speaking of which, the uh, I thought the clip of the night, Bo and I were watching it came from um, came from Sean McVay. Did you see yes. this deal? Yeah. yeah, he's <laughs> feeling himself. Yeah, yeah. Where he's explain, like, it, explain it yeah, to the listeners. Loving life. Yeah, so uh, they're doing a press conference. They didn't have a pick. I don't know why they were doing a press conference, but I, I respect it anyways, right? So uh, they're doing a press conference, and and they is Sean McVay. And, and less need, and they have in the, in the corner, on the top corners, the draft is going on, and the Patriots take Cole Strange. And uh, and Sean McVay's like, 
we wasted our time watching this guy because we thought it was going to be an option at 103. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, they were shocked by the pick. Might have been a little, uh, a little uh, tipsy. Who knows? Um, <laughs> uh, well, at least drunk on power, at least. I don't know. Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, now I forget what I was going to say. Hmm. It doesn't Oh, uh, Honey Badger. Do you think that this is uh, a match that could potentially work at this point? Tyron Matthew? Yeah, a lot of a lot of talk in the chatter in the chat that Oh, uh, there is. Oh, okay. Yeah. That yeah. maybe maybe Yeah, now. look, I mean I I I th- I thought going in that the the draft would dictate what they do there. If they find a starter safety in the draft, I didn't think they would really pay for uh, Tyron Matthew, but I, I also think he doesn't want to go to a place with no juice. And now that you've got AJ Brown, maybe he thinks there's some juice. Yeah, I, I think that I don't think that's what was holding it up, though. Like, I, I don't think he would sign here because of AJ Brown. I, I think it's the opportunity and the money, right? And the Eagles would be more compelled to do it. So, yeah, I guess. I mean, we'll, obviously, we'll we'll see how tomorrow. So what happens out. tomorrow? Yep. All right, Sheila. Any final thoughts? No, you can read my uh, draft grades on the Athletic. And I, uh, you know, do you guys want to plug your guy? I mean, it doesn't matter. Does this do anything? These plugs are so stupid. Like when you're at the end of a pod, all right, you're at the end of thing. All right, tell people where they can find you. Like, has anyone ever listened to one of those and then actually gone to where the person said you could find them? Yes. Probably not. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I think you're talking you, to the person. Besides you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> besides that's Zach. That's literally, that's Zach's day on an endless loop is he finishes one podcast, gets referred to another and then finishes that and that just on and on down the line until he finds himself, you know, nose deep in an old Peter King book. <laughs> okay, so no, I have nothing else to add. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow. We have comprehensive coverage. We'll have, uh, we had quick reaction up on the pick that Bo did on Jordan Davis, the trade with A.J. Brown. But we're going to have our analysis grades that we're going to write now. And then tomorrow, back for day two, we'll have a day two pod. And then day three, we will wrap it up then as well. So check out The Athletic for all the coverage. Yes, another late night pod tomorrow night. And then uh, closing things out on Saturday. Go ahead, Shield. No, yeah, ju- juice up the downloads. Grab your family members, uh, you know, tablets, phones, whatever you need to do. Just hit a little download, subscribe. And uh, maybe when they're in the bathroom or something, not noticing, you know, just juice up the numbers a little bit. Yeah, and then maybe we can get a uh, GoFundMe to get uh, Marissa a salad before, uh, you know, 1 a.m., I guess, 11 p.m. Vegas time. Like, let's, Oh, great. Now let's, the porn let's, bots let's, are in here after your Frank Reich thing. All right, we better end this. Uh, all right. For uh, Sheil and Zach and Elijah and Marissa, I'm Bo. We thank you for listening. An exciting night for Eagles fans. A tight and taut one-hour show on Birds with Friends. Very nice. We'll talk to you tomorrow night. And as always, we love you.